George Kirkpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. Okay, this brother right here, this legend of radio broadcasting, Dr. Roosevelt Rick Wright Jr., this brother here is a legacy in for 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 the hundreds of broadcast talent across this country that his life has touched. You were just honored, my dear friend, mentor, uh, Dr. Rick Wright at Syracuse University this past week. Tell me what happened. Well, George, the only thing I can say is one day I got an email from uh, the uh, senior vice chancellor of uh, Syracuse University, Chancellor Mike Haney, and also Dwayne Murray, who's the deputy director of the Institute for Veterans and Military Affairs. And they simply said to me, Rick, uh, Captain Wright, you have been selected as the hometown hero. <laughs> mm. I, and of course, uh, we're going to honor you at the Florida State Syracuse University basketball game, which was really a week. Today is Tuesday, right? It was a Tuesday week. In fact, yeah. Tuesday a week ago from now, I was going into the Carrier Dome. Not to carry them. I'm sorry, JMA. I've been saying that since the 1980s. The first JMA dome. Uh, and only thing I could say last week was I treated like royalty. So what can I say, George? <laughs> so so tell me what this means, hometown hero. Well, basically, uh, it's a hometown hero scenario that's been set up by our Institute for Veteran and Military Affairs. Of course, Syracuse University is a big military campus going back to the incredible exploits of Chancellor William P. Tolley, who opened up Syracuse University to all the returning veterans of World War II. And also Chancellor Cant uh, Chancellor Tolley, that is, was one of the co-writers of the GI Bill. And of course, Syracuse in the military goes back really to World War I in 1917. If you ever get a chance to go in the beautiful building, which is right across the street from the SI Newhouse School of Public Communication on Waverly, they have an incredible timeline, a historical hallway that spells out the military history at Syracuse University. So basically, um, you know, we have so many veterans at Syracuse University. We have so many graduate and undergraduate programs at Syracuse University to train veterans of the United States Army, United States Navy, United States Air Force, United States Marine Corps, and the United States Coast Guard. So um, with all this big veteran population on campus, George, they give out awards, man. <laughs> and one of them is the uh, and one of them is the uh, hometown community hero award, and that was what happened in that great place called the JMA Dome on the campus of Syracuse University, and a big game between Florida State and SU. I hope I didn't jinx the guys because they lost. <laughs> they, they look real good with with, with uh, Coach Autry and Jerry McNamara and Allen, our three great coaches, and all the players looked great in the first half, but the second half. The guys went completely flat. I was really going to go out and, and do what I used to do when I used to sit on the bench when Coach Jimmy Behind was coaching the Syracuse the Orange teams back in the Big East days, man, which was really from the fascinating basketball historical days on the campus of Syracuse University. So basically, it's another way of really honoring veterans, uh, George, and of course, the number of veterans. Of course, you're a Maxwell grad, and of course, they have, uh, you know, that's a program at the Maxwell School that basically is a grooming program for military officers who are getting ready to make flag level, that is mm -hmm. admiral, you know, right. the Navy and uh, general in the Marine Corps and Air Force and the Army. And of course, uh, in the Coast Guard is admiral. But there is a grooming program that is your captains 
like myself who get selected and who look like they're going to be selected to the next rank. And it's a grooming price. It's the uh, executive security program that is over at the um, um, Bill Smalling, by the way, who was uh, General Colin Powell's chief staff officer, public affairs officer, is running that program. And of course, uh, Sean O'Keefe, uh, who was also Secretary of the Navy, is a Maxwell grad, and these are the guys. We got got some heavy folk at Syracuse. There's some the- really heavy folk, and and, yeah. and so this is so you're a hometown hero, and you're honored as a, in the same week as our esteemed alum, Mister. Say it, Dave B. <laughs> Dave B. goes into the Ring of Honor, and a couple of weeks from that, Coach Jimmy Beheim will be honored. So. I, what can I say, George? I'm just a poor guy from Elizabeth City, North Carolina, who came to Syracuse University to get a doctoral degree. And of course, uh, my years of leaving and I came back. And of course, the Newhouse School brought me back in 1975. Uh, Dean Hank Schulte, Dr. Larry Myers and Dr. Donald P. Ely, who are my three great mentors, who are really most responsible for me you know, getting to Syracuse University and the Newhouse School, and also honored also to be the first African-American professor on the Newhouse faculty of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communication, Syracuse University. But George, it's been a good run, because I've known you, man. I came to Syracuse, worked with GK, the superstar <laughs> of all media. And of course, all the radio shows that we've done at Power and also our sister station, uh, WSYR. Oh, so what can I say, George? No, it's it's really good to see you, brother. And I think uh, when the, when people hear your voice on the radio, when they see and, and you're doing some radio, uh, talk about what you're actually doing because yes, uh, people, it's like, uh, people it's don't like know I that they can actually hear your voice, brother. Go ahead. Oh yeah, in fact, everybody's always asking. But what we're doing, uh, lots of other partners of mine, uh, Tony Malavinda and uh, Larry Busquets is uh, two big, incredible guys, my partners. And we've created a a whole new digital journalistic innovation called Central Parent. We've been around about a year or so and we're working and of course we're trying to hire people and to make it happen. But what we wanna do, George, with all of the incredible media platforms that are available there, we want to get back to getting back to the basics of journalism. The big problem right now, George, every you you you, you pick up the newspaper, they have disappeared. Sports right, 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 just, right. Went, just disappeared. Uh, I think the New York Times and Washington Post and the big paper have laid off a lot of folk. Yeah. And they've laid off journalists, writers. And the key question on the table in this election year, and with all of this disinformation going on, and then we got another thing called what's that thing called? AI? AI, yeah. Hey, George, will you please tell somebody that the A stands for artificial... Artificial. Artificial intelligence. George, artificial. It's not real intelligence. That's really what that means, but that's one of the big new ones. And we even got um, what computers writing news stories, man. (laughs) This is a nightmare. Yeah. So the point I'm making is that we really want to get back to really a good, strong, local journalistic news operation, and not just online. And of course, we got a radio division that I'm working on now. Since you asked about that, yes, I do a weekly show on WCNY, their community channel, and it's called uh, Central Current with Dr. Rick Wright. Oh, and, so you got you branding it already yeah, with the name and of that's the that's already yeah yeah. It's Central Current uh, with Dr. Rick Wright. And already, George, it's like, I mean, you're the super king of all media and you've interviewed and every week you're in power, 620. 
uh, you have some incredible interviews and I'm also doing the same thing, but I'm trying to grab a lot of other folk that people don't know about. And also a lot of our major leaders here in the city of um, of Syracuse, George. Hey, George, have you interviewed the new uh, executive director of the Dunbar Center? Yeah, well, he's he's our frat brother, and yes. And I, fact, I haven't met him yet. That's yes, right. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Andre Harper is the new executive director at the Dunbar. And in fact, you know, if for, for folks who are listening or watching, uh, you can go on any of our, uh, our podcasting platforms, iHeartRadio or uh, Spotify or um, um, Apple Podcasts, and you can find that interview with Andre Hopper or YouTube. You okay, I'll find find it because uh, yeah. I, I want to want to interview him myself, also being a member of the yeah, amazing Omega fraternity. Listen, fraternity. listen, he's he's a, he's a good brother, and he's got a real vision for the community. Well, you know, the Dunbar Center, man, is the sociological community of the African-American community. I mean, the roots there. Yeah. I mean, it was here back in the 1920s and 30s, man, when the big migration of African-Americans leaving the South, you know, coming north, the Dunbar Center. And I never forget the late Manny Breland, man. Manny, our first brother who got a scholarship to play basketball at Syracuse, became a, one of the greatest educators in the Syracuse City school system told me all about his days, a young man, and how the Dunbar Center, man, laid the foundation. And, of course, we, uh, as great, wonderful residents of Syracuse, we cannot let that institution die, especially so, at the end time. Yes. So, so, so brother, so you... I think I'm saying I'm going to interview him, and so I'll call you up so I can... Uh, I got you, know. I got you. I got you. We, we, <laughs> because bro, you bro, are the... Brother Harper, brother, brother Wright is going to call you, okay? <laughs> no, I will be calling, George. Yes, indeed. But, George, you know, as I look at... Um, the thing about my trip to Syracuse is that when I came here, I came here as a doctoral student in 1970. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I'll let the audience know, and I'm not... I'm old. <laughs> I'm how, 80. How old are you, brother? I'm 80. 80 years old, man. And been God has blessed me good health, and I'm still kicking and all. But mass communications, radio, television, film, especially radio, man, has been a love of mine. And ever since I was growing up in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, my father, the late Mr. Roosevelt Wright Sr., Reuben Wright III's grandfather, uh, was an electrician uh, for the U.S. Navy during World War II. And then when World War II ended, Dad uh, started working with a motion picture company, uh, George, called the Virginia Carolina Amusement Company. Mm. And they owned all the movie theaters in northeastern North Carolina and southeastern Virginia. My father was an electrician and motion picture projectionist. I mean, the old days of 35 millimeter motion, which is all obsolete now. But the neighborhood theaters were kicking. But, George, there was a sad pity on this, too. All of the theaters were segregated, man. Mm, mm. And of course, uh, I'll just give uh, to on this broadcast today, man, here it's the year 2024. And man, our country right now is so divided. And I, boy, I tell you, we just need leadership. Uh, DE&I is under attack. And of course, in all areas, man, it's just one nightmare happening. But the thing is, I remember even theaters that, um, uh, that I grew up in had a colored entrance. And uh, a lot of the theaters had a balcony. So you go through the side entrance, you know, and go up in the balconies where African-Americans had to watch movies. The old separate but equal doctrine that came out of, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, that Supreme Court decision of what, well, 1890s, man. And then, of course, we were a segregated country from the 1890s up until 
Well, we were still segregated when Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 was passed. You know, right. when President Eisenhower was president to get things rolling. But George, we're still, I mean, this is just one ongoing nightmare. And it's one funny. Yeah, it's almost yeah, go ahead. it's like um Dickens, right? It's the best of times, it's the worst of times, right? Yeah. We have more opportunity than we've ever had. And yes. at the same time, this, we we're seeing some of the things, brother, that um that we've gained being stripped away. And 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 some of the architects of that, brother, look just like us. Oh yeah, right? that's the George, right? you know, one thing I like to say to the to the country and to everybody listening and watching your great broadcast here on Inspiration for the Nations, every considerable thing that could have been done to a people yeah. to wipe them out. Come on. Repeat this. Every, every, you know, every, right. every considerable thing that could kill a, 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 an ethnicity. I mean, people, human right, beings, right, right, human right. species has been done to our African-American accessory in this country. And we've been here for over 400 years, man. And I mean, everything has been thrown at us. And George, what is happening right now at this particular moment? You and I are here on the incredible media platforms of the year 2024, where we can, you know, people in Africa, Europe, Australia, Hawaii can watch what we're doing right now. We're just about of a point and clicking with their devices. And the, the, the thing I'm just indicating is that Man, it looks like even when we have made gains, uh, I mean, there were blocks there. I mean, even, I mean, we have brothers and sisters, man, who are highly educated, great academic credentials, everything in this country tonight, who still are not getting a fair shake. And, you know, Dr. Walter N. Ridley, and also Dr. Martin Luther King. In fact, if you go on, I uh, had a chance, uh, the uh, marketing and research department, of course, we're getting ready for the MLK, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. dinner, George, that we just had uh, last Sunday. And of course, you and I broadcast that for over 20 some years live. 20 some years. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about it another time. But the thing I'm getting at is Dr. King and also Dr. Walter N. Ridley, who was my one of my great mentors, both Dr. King, and that was in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. But both of them told me the same story at different times when uh, when Dr. King, I used to eat with him when he came to visit his sister-in-law, uh, Dr. Edith Scott Bagley. And the Bagleys uh, were on faculty at Elizabeth City State University. And Dr. Edith Scott Bagley, who was Coretta Scott King's sister, was my Sunday school teacher at Mount Lebanon AME Zion Church in North Carolina. So the point I'm getting at is this is something I was told early in my life that kids who are white, especially in the South, when they are born, they are immediately told that those black folk over there, those colored folk, those that they use the other word too, which I'm not gonna use tonight, is that they are no good, they're stupid, they're dumb, they're lazy, they're not to be trusted. And I want you to always remember that our worst is better than their best. Mm, come on now. Yeah. Our worst now is better than their very best. And we saw that uh, during the civil rights movement. Of course, I'm a graduate of Elizabeth City State University, class of 1964. And then I got my master's degree from North Carolina Central at Durham. So I was in the middle of the whole, you know, the whole movement, the sit-in movement, uh, which basically was the architect was Dr. Mar Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
and the Southern Christian Leadership Council, where we were taught the nonviolent approach. Yeah. And we went that route because if we'd gone with violence, they would have blown us away with guns. I'm serious. Yeah. Another. And we'd not have gone to jail either if we got to court. I mean, we look at Emmett Till. I mean, they well on the trial last 15 minutes. And they acquitted all the guys. They had all the evidence that they'd killed Emmett Till back in the 50s. I mean, lynching. A whole, I mean, we've gone through everything. But the point you know, it's interesting. Is, um, go ahead. You're going to finish. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah, but I'm just indicating that is the dynamic, the sociological mm -hmm. dynamics that has been taught to white kids. What and, do you think of uh, this? I'm a, you, you're living from the South. So a friend of mine uh, said that they recently visited uh uh, South Carolina recently, yes, and indicated that there there was a tree that the, that was used to to hang yeah um, lynch lynch to lynch yeah. right. And so what do you think about the preservation of something like that? Is that something that we should preserve, or do you think George? Look, right now, what is happening in our country right now? They are trying to erase our history. So keep that, keep Books the tree. Are being banned. So, so would you? So keep the tree. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. And what we got to do is speak out why that what happened at that tree. Okay. I mean, in the early nineteen, I was reading a book on uh, Dr. Booger T. Washington and Teddy Roosevelt, a book I just finished up. And man, when he was trying to put Tuskegee Institute together. And of course, you know, he had people thought he was, you know, Tom, what called Uncle Tom. No, he had to, you know, go through to get the money to get the school. But now it's one of the greatest universities in the country, Tuskegee. But the point I'm getting at in the South in the early 1900s, at the beginning of the development of the NAACP, that's what we're talking about, Dr. W.E. Du Bois, they were lynching over a thousand African American males were lynched daily in daily. the South for sport. Yes, for sport. And I mean, they, I mean, there was not a lynching of like three or four people. I mean, they had people, hundreds of folk around that tree that we're talking about right now, George, <laughs> with lunch bags. It was like a picnic. Yeah. Lynching. And I, and I read in this book um, that I'm reading, the book on uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Booker T. Watch, there's a section in there where they were talking about a lynching and a young white got a, a male only nine years old said oh the gut next time i want to see y'all burn them mm. i mean this happened and what is happening now is oh the the the, the this, this young man who was running for president who's no longer desantis the governor of georgia no excuse me the governor of florida i'm sorry folk the governor of florida right now just a couple of weeks ago man he just uh the state legislature passed a rule that no money is to be used for diversity, equity, and inclusion in the state universities of the state of Florida. Mm. Not last year, George. That's a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And you, and you got black folk who are supporting folk like that. I, 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 George, it does not compute. But George, I think what the problem is, is education. With all the technological tools that we have now. Is it really the problem? That, well, that, I, I say in the calculus, we got to we, we got to put that in. George, I, I, I think about this. They're trying to eliminate programs that teach about our ancestry and the cruelty of slavery. They say it's going to make the kids so, feel. So let me argue with you, not argue with you. No, no, don't. Let, don't let, but let me say this. Yes. It's, 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 we 
never have and never should rely upon institutions that don't mean us any good anyway to educate our children. What we must do then, yes. brother, is go back to basics and remember that we are the primary educators of our children. And if we don't do it, then shame on us. Yes. Right? Well, George, because I, yeah, you know, and I, I here's it, and I think this is the key I'll bring up for my generation. Yes. George, I grew up in segregation. You, right, period. right, right. I right. grew up in total second class citizenship by second, law. People don't understand law. that. By yes. law. Now, and, if, and, and, and let me just say it so people yes. are clear. If you let Trump get reelected, be clear, that's where we're headed again. Got a point. Absolutely. On table. And like I said, again, we got, look, we're banning books. George, if you write a book right now on African-American history, and it's, it's going to be banned. You can't even teach it, right? In Florida. In Florida. I mean. Unless you banning, add some other things. Texas we banning, too. We banning books, George. Mm. And also, George, uh, I just saw a scene last night. Tears flowed, man. Uh, the attack over in the Middle East, uh, Syria. Yeah, with the three and, brothers. And they and I mean, on the, the two, train, the sister and the two brothers. Up, yeah. Popped up three African Americans who were killed. Right. Serving their country. Did you see it on CNN? Yeah, I saw it on all the networks. Yeah, we don't have it. Okay, two, yeah. Two African American females now and a Two females boy. and a brother. Okay, yeah. Yes. I mean, look, that was, I'm not talking about last year. I'm looking, and the thing about that is, uh, Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama, mm. he was blocking promotions. I mean, all wasn't the, he the coach? Uh, yeah, the coach of Auburn. That's the only thing he's ever done. He's a, he's now the senator from the state of Alabama. Now, just uh, for a whole year, he was blocking all of the advancements and a and promotions in all five of the United States military services. That is at the flag level, general, admiral. Mm. And the reason was, um, you know, going with this old, what the woke thing, critical race, you know, just basically trying to block two appointments from happening. Because right now, most people don't realize that one of our great fraternity brothers, who oh, we have here, uh, is a member of the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity, is the Secretary of Defense here Wade in Austin. the United States. Yeah. And the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General C.Q. Brown, United States Air Force, is the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, meaning he's over all the military. So technically what I'm indicating here, we have two African-American distinguished, brilliant brothers who are in charge of the whole defense apparatus of the United States of America. George, that was not the, the 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 design that was not supposed to happen. I'm telling you, the election of President Obama was not supposed to have happened. So, on, and I'm going. But let me go back again to um, my growing up in a segregated, racist environment. Yeah, we had teachers though who really protected us. Okay, everything, but George, our schools, the African American schools. We got the hand-me-down books. We got the worst equipment. I never forget a school in Elizabeth City training school. When I was in the seventh grade, the baller blew up. Mm. And we we couldn't go to school for about two months till they finally got a baller. And we had to, had to make it up by going to school on Saturdays. Mm. After the school. I mean, they were in no big hurry, you know, black school. 
But the point I'm getting at is we had outstanding teachers, though, George. And though that the reason I'm here have the ability to talk to you tonight. Mm. And a, a, a you know, poor little brother from northeastern North Carolina who's sitting here tonight with four degrees, bachelor's, mm. master's, certificate for a PhD. I'm also an 06. I'm a captain in the United States Navy, but I'm still a brother in America. Right, 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 right. And I, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, even to this very day, in fact, I went to a meeting today and I went in the wrong room and I opened the door up. I said, oh, this, I'm in the wrong room. And they saw me. They look, I can see the startleness. What is this black guy doing here? Like, <laughs> really? Today that happened. But really? the point I'm making is that, George, education, man. George, yeah. here's, a, here's an example. And I want to mention her name tonight. Mrs. Mosil Spellman, the late Mrs. Mosil Spellman, was the African-American doctor's daughter, you know, in the African-American community in the South. You had the African-American doctors uh, who set up a hospital in our neighborhood, general practitioner, because, you know, couldn't get a white doctor. In fact, the right, hospital right, right. was segregated. Uh, okay. Well, she went to Fish University undergraduate school, and she got a master's degree from Columbia. When she finished up her, Mrs. Spellman, when she finished up her master's degree at Columbia, she was an English major at Columbia. She came back home to Elizabeth City where her father was the doctor for all of my generation and in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. When she came back, she said, I'm gonna set up a, you know, we were barred from going to where? The public library, George. Mm. <laughs> when we talk in segregation, America and the segregation model was, 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 I mean, it was separate, but it wasn't equal. We couldn't even go to the public library but our families were paying what? Taxes to support right, the library. Right, right, right. So Mrs. Spellman said, okay, I'm going to set up a, that's, I'm going to set, I'm a, we're going to set up our own library. And I never forget, it was an old three-story house that was called the Hugh Kale Building. And Hugh Kale was an African-American legislator who basically uh, introduced a bill that established uh, HBCUs in, in North Carolina, and uh, in particular, Elizabeth City State University, my school. Well, they had a building, you know, which was our community center, the Hugh Kale building. Mrs. Spellman got all of us together and said, we're gonna build a library. And we went in and painted that whole, whole bottom, a couple of floors on that first floor that were just empty. We fixed them up, painted them up, George, uh, had the shelving and everything done. She taught us the Dewey Decimal System, the classification of books. They don't know, don't, they don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but now here's what happened though, George. Right. Mrs. Spellman, Called, wrote letters and called her classmates who were white kids that she had gone to school with at Columbia University in New York City. And she said, I need books. I need books. I, my, 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 my little kids, African-American kids, trying to set up a library for them. Could you send me books? George, here's an example of life, man. Books showed up, man. I'm talking like, you know, the the white schools might have the second edition of a book in math or science or English or history. We got the newest edition, which might be the sixth <laughs> edition. George, we, Mrs. Uh, Mosil Spellman, under her leadership and young African-American kids like myself, man, set up a library that was better than the public library downtown. And of course, education and knowledge is the key. And I think some of our folk who've gone kind of wayward haven't gotten that kind of training, George, about who they are and mm. what we've gone through. George, we came to the United States on slave ships. 
the great song, what, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Song? How Sweet the Sound. Was written by a slave ship master. A slave, right, right, right. Right. He, he, yeah, and one, I mean, he, after one voyage, man, and, and you know, the hum, the inhumanity, man, so, all folk chained down below. So, uh, so Doc, yeah. but before, I, you know, and we could talk for 17 hours. I want you to, in this context of thinking about our history and locally and you're in the fervent plea that you're making for education, by the way, let me let me say something that uh, there's a group called Syracuse Reads Plus, because yeah. one of the challenges that we are seeing, they're saying it's a five alarm fire within our community around literacy, especially for our young people. And so I want to also amplify the the cause you, you're relating, bro, to what's actually happening right now in the community. So before we go, Doc, I wanted you just to, to, to give us a sense of um, being a hometown hero and your fervent dedication to uplifting local, is there a person, a place, a thing that you want to uplift right now that may not be noticed or, or well as well known as it should, but like as our hometown hero, you want us to know about? Well, I tell you what, George, our city was the home of the abolitionist movement. Bishop Jermaine Wesley Logan came to Syracuse, New York to pastor the, what at that time was the AME Zion Church, which is now People's AME Zion Church. And of course we have uh, put a stabilization on the original church, which is on Fayette Street, which is right behind the Crown Plaza. And there's another little club right next door to it. George, if you were to take a drive down Genesee Street, Genesee Street, it just, the bulldozers just knocked down a whole lot of houses. I think they get ready to build another big uh, complex. Of course, there's one going where Collins Barbershop and all Used to be, yeah. Right on the corner of Pine Street and Genesee Street, my dear, lovely Syracuse family, there stands a drugstore which is closed, it's boarded up. And they're changed, you know, to keep you from driving on the lot. The corner of Pine Street and Genesee Street, George, has got to be one of the most historic pieces of geography, not in Syracuse, not in New York State, in America, with regards to the abolitionist underground railroad movement. And what I'm saying is that the AME Zion Church, which was a freedom church, people escaping from slavery, trying to get to Canada and freedom. Harriet Tubman, is. I live out in Marcellus. She's buried 23 miles from where I'm sitting there. Frederick Douglass, Rochester, New York. Bishop Jermaine Wesley Logan. George, take a drive tonight and stop your car at the corner of Pine Street and Genesee Street, that whole area. Because that area, brothers and sisters would get off the train. If you go further down Pine Street, going towards Erie Boulevard, the trains ran right on Washington Street into the middle of the city of Syracuse. And then, of course, Erie Boulevard of this era was what? The Erie, Erie Canal. Canal. So the Erie Canal and also the train, which was only a couple of blocks there from Pine and Genesee Street, was the off place where brothers and sisters who were enslaved got off Erie Canal boats 
and the train. And of course, there came other ways too. But Bishop Logan and his lovely wife had a way station that was food. And, you know, I, George, how did that folk make it, man? All these years mm. we've been here in Syracuse, look at the cold, the snow, man. I just, and we're not talking, how did they make it, man? But they did. And, and they when they did. got here, ragged, poor, hungry man, health gone, and Bishop Logan and his wife had this whole way station. George, by conservative estimates, over 5,000 African-American enslaved slaves came through Syracuse, New York, and Bishop Logan and the AME Zion Church, man, gave them, you know, the next piece. And a lot of them, we put them on boats and ships to uh, Canada. What I'm passionate about, George, we have got to do something about that land that's sitting there. We need a big, beautiful building of, man, mass communications, everything in there, basically sitting on the very piece of land, toil and soil, where African-American blood, man, was shed, man, right there. Pine Street and Genesee Street, George. And that's and I'm why we're saying that's what we in Syracuse have got to take ownership of. And I, I'm, I'm right now. I got some folks looking at who owns the property. Now we have got George. Right now, I can see a Bishop Jermaine Wesley Logan Center for the Advancement of African American History sitting on the very land where African Americans came to Syracuse, escaping slavery and trying to get to Canada, and. Mm -hmm. You asked me what, that's the one piece of Rick Wright, Roosevelt, Reuben Wright Jr., whatever you want to call me. And all the years I've been, I talked about this many years in radio shows that I've had over the years. And I want the community to know that right now, that piece of land that's sitting there should be a vibrant corner with something incredible. I could see, you know, and also connect with Syracuse University, George, uh, you know, uh, hey, communications. Also, and that should be a radio station and television stations and all, shooting out the world, man, the African-American story here in America. George, you know what? Everybody's talking about reparations. I'm going to make some a statement here tonight. Why are we paying taxes? Why are African-Americans paying taxes in America when mm. we built this country for free? For free. We built this country for free. We did not get paid. I mean, a typical plantation in the South would have what a thousand slaves picking cotton? I mean, putting that generational wealth together in those families, man. I mean, George, Peach, you got a George, you got a company with a thousand people working for you, and you ain't got no, you got, you got to pay none of them. You got to pay none of them, and, and then you got them in 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 such a situation where they have got today. I mean, you got them for generations. Gener yes, and then yeah. of course, yeah, we, listen. Listen, brother, we can go on, but I hear you. This is why we love you, man. So the thing is, we just got to have you on a regular basis. Dr. Rick Wright is my mentor. He's our hometown hero forever. Emeritus, Dr. Rick Wright, Emeritus, who uh, see, check his work out on WCNY, the Central Current Radio Show. When is it on, bro? In fact, it's online. You can get it there. Hey, um, get it right. All right, yeah. so go on. I record on Tuesdays that we go online and you can go on Central Current, WCNY, and find and it. the Central Current website and just click on it. You'll see. Just go to the community radio. Brother, brother and, you are a living legacy and I love you. George, Pine Street 
Genesee Street, the most historic piece of land in America with regards to the Underground Railroad and a way station that basically saved us and allowed us to be living and doing this show on this 2024 year, a year of an election. And man, we got work to do. George, I love you. New inspiration for the nation. Let's Great. go. Dr. Rick Wright, people we feel good about.